Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And it's the third Tuesday of May May 17th, 2022. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting rid of this month. It's been a terrible oh, month. Well, yeah. All sorts of I awful guess. things. Well, I'm coming up for air because and I'll tell you one of the awful things. I was out in on an epic Arizona adventure, which was oh, uh, yes. yeah. cut short by a death in the family. My wife died. My, my wife's father. I thought I told oh. you. I uh, know. Oh. Anyway, uh, so we uh, we we... We're there on a Thursday, and we're staying till Monday. And Friday morning, uh, overnight, we found out that uh, he had passed. And how old was he? Ninety-two. Mm-hmm. At this point, it was a blessing. As terrible as that sounds to say, it really was. He was suffering. It was not suffering. It was just it wasn't good. It was a very bad situation. So um, he passed. You know, it, it's actually a relief. I think for him, it was very uh, much an effort to live. And um, we get the call, and it's 4.30 in the morning in Arizona time. And I said to my son, it's just he and I, I said, all right, well, let's figure out what we're going to do. We got on a red eye that night, 9.45 p.m., the uh, fastest plane we can get on. And I said to him at 7 a.m., let's go. We started driving up to the Grand Canyon, Lake Powell, Horseshoe, all the way around, back down, I was in Sedona, went all the way north to the edge of Utah, came back down Phoenix for a 9.45 flight, 12 hours of driving. Oh, yes, this is not fun. It was fun because I wanted to see everything. I was there already. I canceled an all-day jet skiing. I I canceled a helicopter ride uh, and a few other things. How did you get on top of that that bluff? Oh, yeah, that was a cool picture, right? That's uh, Devil's Ridge. So that was a hike where... um, you walk, it says, it, it, they tell you it's a relatively easy to moderate hike. So you yeah. walk for about a mile seven to just get to the trailhead. Then when you get to the trailhead, it's kind of sandy yet arid and deserty, but not too rocky or bumpy or anything like that. You get to the trailhead, it starts getting a little bit more difficult. The last half, another mile and a half, is like climbing up stairs, but you're doing it on like these weird rocks. Then you walk out to the end and around, and you end up on this, uh, it looks like a giant tabletop shelf with nothing underneath the middle. Yes, it's what it looks like. And it's a very small area to stand on in the middle. It was pretty scary. Then who takes that picture? Everybody handed their cameras off to the person that would obviously have to notify your family on your phone <laughs> if something happened. So there's a lot of people there. There's a bunch of people there. A lot of people no, doing the hike, so you just hand it off to the person behind you, and they t- they take the pictures for you. Plus, my son had his GoPro 360, which was great, where it takes pictures everywhere, like all around you, all at the same time, video. Yeah. And uh, he had a drone with him. Oh, he's got a drone. Yeah. So we're taking some And he can fly it well. He's really, really good. Yeah, he can just look down and fly it the whole time. Oh, yeah. That explains everything. Yeah, he on the boat. He he's he's gone on my boat. We're going thirty miles an hour, and he's just tracking us at the waterline, and then just lands it right on my boat. It's pretty cool. Now everybody around here, I don't know about you, seems to be catching this quote cold. 
Well, Mimi has it. I have it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mimi has it. Uh, what? Who else has it? I think uh, the coach of the Warriors had something. He says it's COVID. Oh, he says it was COVID. Mimi tested. Uh, I think JC and J, uh, JC had something, but he tested it. it. Wasn't COVID? Right. Oh, he couldn't make the COVID test come through. Who knows? I mean, a cold is COVID. So I have no idea. Well, it's a good thing I have my little cough button right here because I've had this. I mean, be getting gross, but it's like post-nasal drift for a few days. But Jill had a cold last week. Somebody else in my family had a cold. Erica, my daughter, had a cold. Everybody mm. tested negative for COVID. But I've been hearing more and more people with some kind of, I don't know, some kind of sniffle and not feel well, the one, the one Mimi had and the one that seems to be going around is that that variant of Omicron that has BA, whatever the hell the number is. Now they get numbers and letters. And it lasts for about two weeks. <sighs> I'm hoping this goes away. Well, are you fatigued? I mean, today I, today I was because I haven't slept in four days. Between the funeral and all the stuff and coming on Arizona. But I was a little uh, fatigued uh, today. But the last few days, not at all. But I've been running on empty. As it is. So who, can, who uh, knows? Be, uh, you'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, Before I feel okay. I, I feel fine. Other, other than the fact that I've had this, like this, like I said, this little uh, post-nasal drip that's just annoying. Yeah. So, hmm. you know. We'll find out. Yeah. Uh, so it goes on and on and on and on and on and on. This is the Twitter Musk drama. The Twitter drama. Twit drama. I don't know what you're going to call it. Musk twit drama. It just, uh, every know. day. It's he's trying to, trying to get out of it. Get him down in price. Yeah, he's probably trying to get it down in price and probably trying to either that or just get out of this thing. Or he's doing something a little bit more nefarious, like just trying to maybe teach them a lesson. Which seems like there's something. For in what his... purpose? He's never been kicked off the platform. But they've, he's kicked. They've kicked off other people. That he finds it to be a leftist propaganda machine. Well, it is, of course. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting it's not. I'm just telling what he says it is. Right? Um, that you know that people get uh, uh, barred or censured or cut, and he finds. I think he's just trying to show people maybe that. You know he he can he can wreck this company because he can with well this is Adam Curry's thesis is that's all he wants to do he just wants to wreck the company now what would be the advantage for him as a as a person who not only utilizes Twitter but really loves it I don't see it I I think the, I don't like the theory it doesn't I think he's just trying to get a better price I think he is trying to buy it it is unbelievable though he has he didn't do what seems to be a Significant amount of due diligence on the way in. Don't you, don't you think there's something weird about that? You know, it, I, I hope that, and it's possible that he is, but there are some of these guys out there, uh, the buy the guys who buy companies, do mergers and acquisitions that are, and I don't, I don't see any evidence that he is, but who are, these other people are crooked. And they put together these crazy deals. And I've known two, two very famous ones in the high tech arena. They weren't, technically illegal these deals but the way they put the deals together they ended with the company for free mm. and uh and it, this kind of action is bothering me you gotta wonder if he's dropping the price he's buying more at the lower price well i would think that's what he was up to so therefore you get the company at a cheaper price than the amount you're actually buying it for yeah that could be 
That's a pretty, if he's doing that, that's a very shrewd move. Or maybe uh, hedging out his risk by utilizing some kind of uh, put options. And you have to wonder one thing about all this is, is this somehow, is there any kind of illegal nature to his commentary in an open forum without, without filing appropriate forms that maybe are material changes to a deal that require filings and disclosure, and he's just popping the stuff out. He must know better. Well. I don't believe for a second that he's just doing this shooting from the hip. I do, and I think he doesn't think that the SEC is going to do a goddamn thing to him. Well, they haven't done anything that's, to anybody that's like that's this. That's what I'm saying. Remember that rapper was some years ago that was doing pump and dumps right on Twitter and social media? Yeah. Yeah, we were wondering, right? you and I were both wondering, well, how's he getting away with this? They don't care. They don't care. Well, if it's Martha know. Stewart and they can throw her in the slammer there, they care about that. They just did not like that woman's hairdo. There's something. Yeah. Uh, everybody's talking about a dead cat bounce or a market bounce. And, you know, the watch is now out. The word is out. And you got to wonder whether or not, if this is all known so well, whether or not it's going to happen. In other words, what do you mean the dead cat bounce. The dead cat bounce. The theory is this: that during a bear market, there are these times where you see excessive rises in markets. You see volatility expand dramatically, and when the volatility expands, a lot of things happen. You get these big drawdowns, and you get these big moves higher. You don't see these two, three, four percent days, five percent days in a normal bull market. It's only bear markets. Only these markets that have significant. Uh, volatility and usually on the way down that you see the the trade go from dire despair one day to euphoria the next because people are trying to catch the bottom and just blow into it shorts are covering like crazy there's a lot of stuff that's going on well we've seen this and, and and the theory is that now you have this bounce is it a sustainable bottom that begins just like every other sustainable bottom that begins with a rally that builds upon itself, that finally gets the volatility down, that turns into a more normalized market or, you know, bull market over time? Or is this just a bear market bounce, a dead cat bounce, that will res- that will probably move up for a while, then resume with a rollover back to test the lows and even lower in the future? Yeah, yeah. So that's the big issue. Know. It's hard to tell. Yeah, it's hard to tell. But right now, I mean, all the signs are, are saying that, well, we have inflation and we have bad things happening. We have a war. We have, you know, just keep on listing whatever the, the list is. You know, the list I'm talking about, right? Just keep on listing all that stuff and then put into perspective, is this a time where we're going to see a sustained rally potential for some reason? It just doesn't fit. That doesn't mean it can't happen. That can't mean that things aren't oversold to a point. Something blew up last week. Um, but, you know. And Bernanke this week may have just violated that gentleman's agreement we talk about, whereas Fed speakers and and primarily former Fed speakers continue on with the charade forever. They never open up the privacy garden of what was said and what was really meant. The shroud is never lifted, right? Once they're in, you have a gentleman's handshake that you will never reveal what, <laughs> uh, what, what's actually going on and never go against us. Well, today he did so. We'll talk about that. Uh, markets calming down a bit. Oil prices on the way up again. 
Food prices are a big problem. I saw chicken at $8 a pound the other day. Well, that must be one hell of a good chicken. Unbelievably tasty. Uh, China's relaxing some of its lockdowns, and the continuation of this crypto crash and stablecoin is causing a lot of unease. And there's a, there's a, there's a question lingering out there whether this is a, a layman moment for financial markets. Did we talk what about that? What does a layman moment mean? A layman moment was the realization that so during the during the two thousand um, seven, eight, nine, you know, depending on where you want to put that marker, uh, financial crisis. There was a lot of, well, it's isolated. Well, it's under control. Well, you know, not to worry. Bear right. Stearns may and have then, had a and then all that mockery. Must much of it came from the European banks, were, which were yeah. up to their ears, unknowingly. Yeah, with bad paper. Right, and some of that was uh, emanated from uh, Bear Stearns. When Bear Stearns, all of a sudden, I, I and remember, Goldman. I, I remember my grandfather. He called me up. I remember exactly where I was. Two different things. I remember exactly where I was. One, I was in the same place. By the way, it was like a weird Sunday. I was in my office <laughs> at my. I was in my office at my house. You're at your Traeger. Yeah, exactly. It was two different, it, it was my old house, and it was two different Sundays. Uh, the first one was when somebody called me and told me about Bernie Madoff and what was happening with Bernie Madoff and how he swindled everybody. The second one was when my grandfather called me, and he was kind of old at the time, and he called me and he said, oh my gosh, Bear Stearns is indicated $2. And I'm thinking, oh boy, man, he's lost it. Gosh, poor guy, you know? <laughs> and... Then I look, I'm like, oh, that's not good. So we had the Bear Stearns market, but the realization where it all hit home was that everything was under control and that all of this was backed really well. Nothing was going to happen. And Lehman imploded. The, yeah. That that was yeah. the moment. Thanks, thanks, Jim Cramer. Yeah, yeah, right. But that was the moment that uh, everything went to hell in a handbasket right after that. And for people who don't know, Jim Cramer actually had two sides. He was right on some things, but... On the others where he stepped in that morning and said, you know, Bear Stearns at $2, this is a buy. You know, talking about that layman crash, I have one kind of one story about it. About a month earlier, I was in New York. And since I was I was on New York time and I got up early and I got to see the early part of CNBC. Uh-huh. You know, the shows I don't ever watch because they're, I'm in the West Coast. Right. But I watched the whole thing and they had a couple of guys on. Uh, researchers and some stock guys, and I guess they were journalists too. And they were talking about Lehman being broke. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I, when I'm watching this and they pretty much threw him off the show. Oh, they don't know what they're talking about. Those are just negative Nellies. They really, I've never, I was, I was kind of late for what I was going to do. Cause I couldn't take my eyes off this little debate that was going on. These guys are full of crap. They don't know what they're talking about and they should probably leave now kind of thing. Right. Please walk and them out. <laughs> they, they left after the next segment, but it was, uh, these guys were adamant about it. Yeah. I mean, CNBC likes to hear the, the nice stories. They like to hear the, you know, why the, the, the price are going up. You know, don't forget <laughs> a lot of the people. Well, the, many of the anchors have plenty of equity exposure. Yeah. Matter of I'm fact, sure I remember that last year, uh, somebody was saying, uh, or two years ago, Hey, markets are down, but the truth of the matter is 
there's no better place to be for the long term. I'm holding all my positions. And you got to think that those kind of people are not going to be talking down the markets. No, never. Never. Never, never. In fact, I had another story, CNBC story. I'd been on CNBC myself a, a lot for a while. A couple For a couple of years, I was on quite a bit. But I, the other story I got was from somebody who'd been on it before. This was probably 2002, 2003 era. And he says to me, whatever you do, do not ever say anything negative. I was, I was a regular on the shows and da, da, da. And I said, I came out with some bull, some bear market ideas and mentioned something that was going to go down. And I never got invited back ever. Yep. That's the truth. And I've heard that story from more than one guy. Yep, I agree. They're, they're a little bit more... I don't want to say even and, and healed right now with, with uh, both sides, but you know, when they do have the market in turmoil, they do in fact provide a little bit more bearish balance. It's a little more balanced than yeah. market in turmoil. Because they got to, otherwise people are going to laugh them off the, you know, what are they talking about? So, you know, last week we talked about several different names in the technology space, maybe even the space related to, Cryptocurrencies, they were down like 25 to 50% over the last few days. That was last week. These same companies turned around. They're up like 10, 20, 30% in the last week now. So quite the turnaround on, on a lot of these names. Then we have crude oil. There's a chart I put on the, the show notes here. Now, this was interesting because I drew that line in, that 114.44 line. You can find this on DH Unplugged. Dot com under the episode 606 show notes. So you see that line I drew in at 114 and change? Uh, yeah, 114.44. Yeah, a little bit arbitrary, just looking at the tops there. We blew through that this morning at 115.07 after oil came down significantly over the last several days. And then it started turning around. It hit that uh, sub 100 number and started rolling back up after one, two, three, four, five days. Yeah, it hit the sub 100, just skyrocketed. Yeah. It closed today at 111 and change. So this was earlier today that I put this out. But it did close at 111. So we have this range now, probably between about 110 and 116. That is going to be the, the next consolidation range, I think. And we have to see which way it's going to go. But all, all, all that I can see is that it's not getting any better. Well, it's definitely hanging in there. Right. And the bigger problem is, and I wrote this down somewhere, so I'm going to skip down for a second, is that if you remember, we had the fantastic and brilliant idea by the Biden administration to say, you know, we have to do something about oil prices. Or as Biden probably says it, we have to do something about oil prices. He has that kind of weird old school accent. He may call it Earl. Anyway, uh, well, what happened is, and this is so stupid, we knew that if they start to release the strategic petroleum reserves and in the amount that they were doing it over the next six months or so, it was inevitable, right? You and I talked about this. It was inevitable that what? You run out. You run out. Of, and yeah, What do you have to do? And what's it going to do? Like, it could be even responsible for the move from 110 to that 99. No, they, they, they screwed the pooch already, though. They screwed the pooch because they announced today, <clears throat> excuse me, they announced last week that it's going to solicit bids to buy 60 million barrels of oil 
to help start to replenish the record release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserves. Ah, so they're going to buy. So they're going to just dump and then buy high. Correct. <laughs> wow. So the bidding process will begin in the fall with the goal of replenishing about one-third of the 180 million barrels released in response to the Russian invasion. Announced, so now they're doing is they're announcing that the government needs to buy oil, and essentially they'll do it at any price. Ugh. And genius. As, genius. And this is as gas prices at the pump recently hit a national average record. It was expensive in Arizona. It was like 480 per gallon. Expensive in Arizona. It's 690 here. 690. No, I wouldn't go out. I wouldn't, I would, I would, I would, I would get a, one of those scooters. You got to find a little place that's got pretty inexpensive gas that you know the, where it's coming from. So I found a place, most of it's around, it's at least a premium and, and, and diesel's way out of control, but it's high six, six seventy five and up huh. and almost every place. I did find a place that have had some for five eighty four if wow. I used a debit card. That's, that's more than I think for my I could get it. That's more than I pay for my boat. When my boat, what we put in the boat is Rec 90, which is zero ethanol. Yeah. Which brings me to the next point about ethanol. You know, the fact is that we changed the formulation this summer. These are, honestly, I understand that some of these are, I would say, necessary to a degree. Of course, necessary to try to do something to bring votes in the midterms. But aside from that, these are boneheaded elementary school, very basic ideas that are short-sighted and plain old dumb. They changed the mixture, the summer grade versus the winter grade. Remember that? What's supposed to go into play? Yeah. They, well, they've been doing that in California forever. That's where I guess is a little pricier. Well, they did it so that they could try to bring down the prices this summer. And Brazilian sugarcane mills are canceling some sugar export contracts and diverting production to ethanol to cash in on the higher energy prices. So what is that going to do for sugar prices for for consumption, for eating? It's going to drive up prices. Yeah, well, people will be using high fructose corn syrup more. So now total cancellations recently estimated about 200,000 to 400,000 raw sugar tons. 200,000 to 400,000 tons of raw sugar. And the production is shifting in favor of ethanol. So, you know, we have that going on where that's going to cause more. It's, it's, it reminds me of a, a balloon that you squeeze and, and it doesn't pop, but it, it, it extrudes another part of the balloon somewhere else. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's all yeah. they're doing. So yeah. dumb. So uh, honestly, so freaking dumb. I'm sure you don't disagree. No, they're idiots. There's yeah. no doubt about just, it. Just no creativity. Just, just don't understand any of this. Don't understand any of this. Um, earnings. Well, there's it, nobody in in this administration that has a clue about business. You would think there would be some people lingering around Biden somewhere. Has been, Biden has been in a, a politician for his whole life. I think he worked at a law firm for a year and then he became a politician. He's been there ever since. You have people like, you know, the Department of Transportation guy, Pete Buttigieg, doesn't know anything. But he can talk. He can talk. He's got a nice voice. Yeah, he can talk. Uh, and he seems reasonable. He's got a nice smile. He's a nice boy. And he's got a good, uh, the way he parts his hair. 
Yeah. Yeah. You got to yeah. trust that part. You know what I mean? That's yeah. a part that you trust. Yeah. 12th grader. Yeah. Um, and everybody else is the same way. They're inexperienced and they don't have a clue about anything. And it's, it shows. It's just really. It's, it's yeah, just, I know. You'd think they'd have somebody. Anybody, somebody. There'd be somebody in the we. Is there somebody in the in the mix that could say, no, 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 no. That's not a good idea. Let me show Let me show you why. Let's come up with something else. But they're, just, they're dumb. Seriously, they're dumb. And, and the things they're doing, not only they're dumb, they're just, they're just, they don't understand. The, the fact that they did the strategic petroleum reserves the way they did it, which is to dump it on the market, which did bring down prices without the recognition that when they do buy, it's going to, it could be at a really bad time to buy, but they're going to buy anyway. And therefore everybody knows they're going to be buying because they're going to telegraph it. And then it doesn't matter. They'll just push prices right up. It's the equivalent of the Fed buying bonds and realizing that they can buy. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. They can push the market around. And, 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 that, and that the fact that they're buying, everybody will follow along with them and buy too. That's what's going on here with the fact that they, that they have to replenish the strategic oil reserves. I, I don't want to talk about it. It makes me mad. Can we move on, please? You're the one that's, that's obsessing. Stupid, stupid, stupid. It's so stupid. There's this, whole, this whole cadre is just a bunch of stupid people. Oh. All right, I can't argue. Earnings. We have a tail of the tape. We have two major earnings that came out today, both uh, related companies in a way and very much different outcomes. The first one, which was just absolutely abysmal, which may be a surprise to you of what happened here, was Walmart. Yeah, and I want to mention that over the last week or two, you watch all these uh, mostly CNBC and even Fox Mm-hmm. Everybody coming out of the oh, yeah. woodwork telling you to invest in Walmart. Yeah, Walmart and Target. Walmart and Target. Costco. Walmart, yeah. Target. It is an inflation-proof investment. Yeah. Let, let me let me try to channel my CNBC. Here we go. They have earnings power and ability to adjust prices accordingly, and therefore what's going to happen is that the material items they have are going to be sought after and bought. And because they also have the ability to buy in bulk, they will have ability to... Uh, control their pricing, input pricing, even though some others wouldn't, like smaller shops. Sounds sounds close. Yeah, but it's all bullshit because they missed by 18 cents. They beat on revenues, which makes sense because prices are higher and prices are higher. By the way, speaking of prices are higher, I decided I found this little crappy little chicken shack up in Lake Powell, Arizona. It was one of those chicken shacks you're like, now, that looks like from the outside, I don't know what's going on, but they have good fried chicken there somehow. You know what I'm talking about? It just had that look. We go oh, in. So you can spot it. Yeah, it just, it just, like, it would just the, the, I think what goes through your brain when you see somebody says, this place must have great fried chicken because it looks like it could otherwise be even stay in business. Yeah, how would it stay in business, this place, if it wasn't great, right? Look at the people there. It, it had like a fried chicken aura aura around it. And did it know? have a line? Was there a yeah, line? Yeah, there was a few people in line. There was people all. Oh, that's the, always yep. I'm typical. like, I'm like, you know what? That's I don't know what's going on there, but I'm, I gotta go. I haven't had fried chicken. I can't tell you the last time I had fried chicken. Thirty four dollars for a whole fried chicken. I thought that was a little expensive. That seems pretty high to me. Yeah, thirty four bucks. My son and I with one beer, one one water, uh, fried chicken and fries was fifty eight dollars. 
<laughs> nice lunch. Well, can you can I have the follow up question, please? Uh, what is it? What was it worth it? Oh, oh, well, I was already assuming that you'd preface it with that was worth it. It was okay. It was good and crunchy. They tried doing Nashville hot. Nashville hot they did was usually do like a dip. It was more of a dry powder. I that that I didn't like. But the butter garlic was delicious. That was. Good. Would you have a spoon of that? I mean, what do you mean butter? They what dip it like a, they dip it in like butter and garlic. Oh, you dip pieces of chicken into a. They they cool. dip. They take it out of the fryer. Comes out of the fryer. They do a quick dip, and serve it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's interesting. That's yeah. their trick. Yeah. Anyway, huh. Walmart misses by eighteen cents. Beats on revenues, guys. Uh, second quarter EPS in line. Revenues above consensus. Now here's something interesting: the Q1 comps, which is not that hot, plus three percent, but. And for Walmart, I'm okay with that. You know, Walmart, I don't expect anything. I don't expect them to, them to be ripping it up. You know what I mean? Uh, but they lowered their fiscal 23 EPS guidance, raises their sales guidance. So, again, once again, they're raising their guidance because things cost more, but lowering their net earnings. So that'd be the equivalent of me paying you a dollar for a widget, and we've been doing this for years, and you make 50 cents on the widget. Now inflation comes along, and you charge me, John, a dollar fifty, and you only make forty two cents on it. Yeah, that would be bad. So that's what's going on there. EPS, they're expecting to be down one percent year over year. Um, stock was down eleven percent today. That sure must have shook up all these people on all these stock market shows promoting Walmart. Yeah, well, not, well, well, you know what happens. Now they come out and they're like, no, no, we really were worried into the uh, the print. They'll come out and say, no, no, we don't own it anymore. We're short it. <laughs> it's a miracle. It's a miracle. I had puts on it. You know, they come out with all this after the fact. It seems like, wait, how is everybody always right on that show? <laughs> you know? So it's the worst day since 1987 for the stock. I think there was like 200 or $180 billion worth of capital lost. Very bad. Then we had Home Depot, which beat by 40 cents on uh, uh, also on revenues. Guys, uh, fiscal year 23 now above consensus. Revenues above consensus. Revenues rose 3.8% year over year versus the um, estimate of a little bit lighter than that. Comparable sales in the first quarter of fiscal 2022 increased 2.2%. Uh, and sales in the U.S. increased 1.7. Company issued guidance for fiscal year 23. Sees um, mid-single digit, digit comps up about 3.7%. Uh, and sees fiscal uh, 23 revenues up 3%. Now, again, their comps are higher by 3%, 7%. Their revenues only going to be up 3.0%. So they have more. Uh, it's just generally going in their right direction. And they beat on earnings. Stock was up 2% today. So, better. But there's a lot of concern about the industry. And I saw today the NEHB uh, confidence level of builders, which is dropping precipitously. It's like the consumer confidence of the builders out there. They come in with a uh, survey. And it dropped. It was like 80 or 90 at one point. It's like 67 right now. So, the, the, the uh, there's some concern about... What's going on in the in the housing market, and rightfully so with with uh, with with um, the thirty year mortgage at what five point five percent now or something like that, 
What's a 30-year mortgage? That's something like that. Average. It's over five. But, yeah, it's going to stay over. It's going to stay there for a while. It could stay. It could go up. It could go to seven, eight. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. We saw this in the 70s. So no, Bernard, in the 70s, it went up to 20. Yeah, exactly. So. And people were buying houses with mortgages at 14%. And like, okay, thank you. Yeah. And then when they came down, they were going, wow. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years of refinancing boom. They kept on going on and on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that you know, the banks make out. Uh, it doesn't cost that much. You can pull some money out. It's It was a bonanza for anyone who had property. The problem is you have companies like title insurance companies, closing agents, notaries, things like that, that are really going to suffer. The business will just, just dry up. I've seen it already. The people I've talked to in the industry are saying that like no refinancings are coming in. That entire industry is dead. Like zero. Who's no, going to want to refinance? Yeah, refice, refinance, refice. Uh, we just did one, but it's a month ago. Refis uh, increase when the price, when the interest rates come down and they decrease when they go up. It's pretty simple. Right. All right. So Bernanke breaking his agreement. He said uh, in an interview this today, he said on why the Fed waited too long. He said one of the reasons was that they wanted to, they wanted not to shock the market. Jay Powell was on my board during the taper tantrum in 2013 which was a very unpleasant experience. He wanted to avoid that kind of thing by giving people as much warning as possible. Also, and so the and so the gradualism was one of the several reasons why the Fed didn't respond more quickly to the inflationary pressures in the middle of 2021. So, for all the crap about all these know-it-alls talking about how the Fed is not concerned or even thinks about the markets. When I say the markets, I'm talking about the currency markets, the bond markets, the equity markets, the real estate markets, you know, all that, right? The markets. The markets. And particularly the bond and the equity. For all those people that have been like, yeah, they don't really care. They don't really, if it goes down, they're not, yeah, well, you know, they're just trying to deal with inflation and all this. Wake up, people. Wake up. Bernanke spelled it out for you right here. He was quoted as saying this that they they were concerned about what happened during the taper tantrum, which was basically that yields went up and stocks got screwed, okay? He said it was a very unpleasant experience. He wanted to avoid that kind of thing. He wanted to avoid that kind of thing. So it's all about the markets. He also said that the central bank erred in waiting to address inflation, um, that has turned into the worst episode in U.S. financial history since the 18, 1980s. And then you have to ask himself, yourself, self, gosh, why is he being so honest and forthright? Why is he coming out and saying the Fed made some mistakes and revealing their true intentions? Don't you wonder that, John, what? what why, why all of a sudden? Well, you, only if you think there's an ulterior motive. Yep. Can I give you one possibility? Yeah, I'm, I'm listening. His new book, The 21st Century Monetary Policy, The Federal Reserve from the Great Inflation to COVID-19, will be released this week. Oh, well, there you have it. So he's he's doing a little tattletelling to get his uh, little 
a little kiss and telling yep. to get people to buy his book, thinking yep. there's going to be a lot of stuff like that in yeah. there. Yeah, and if you want teaser. more, teaser. if you want more, there's a lot more juicy stuff in my book. How you like that? Yeah, that's you. You nailed it. That's always the reason. So two things. Let's just let's just face two facts right now, and let's get this down. I want people to really focus now. One, the Fed is terminally concerned about markets. Two, they're all full of shit. The fact is, they're doing what they can with their own pocketbooks in mind. I think we could. Do, do we agree with both those points? I I will agree with that. Yeah. Powell spoke today. We got a free lunch, of course, for him today. He uh, said financial conditions have tightened significantly. He also talked about uh, the expectation that we'll have two 50 basis point hikes over the next two meetings. Market has dumped a little bit on the comment, but U.S. and the U.S. dollar climbed a bit. But um, we saw Bitcoin and, and, and gold dropping. That all turned around, though, and then we had a monster day to the upside for markets today. Even with Walmart ripping about 100 and I think it was like 160 points off of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. The Dow is still up 400. That's good. Yeah, that is good. Baby formula, you've been following this story? Oh, yeah. Baby formula. Now you're starting to mess with people's kids. Not good, right? No. Shelves of bear. The baby formula aisles in U.S. supermarkets have been decimated since U.S. Manufacturer Abbott Labs in February recalled formulas after complaints of bacterial infections. Yeah, which seems to be something of a scam. Why? It seems that these bacterial infections were hard to hard to reproduce, hard to prove. Uh, Abbott kept it was under a lot of pressure uh, for to find the contamination or do something about so they just shut the plant down under government pressure. I, and it looks like it may have been some hanky panky going on. Huh. Well, they reached a, an agreement with the U.S. health regulator to resume production of baby formula in its Michigan plant. We're also yeah, seeing that, that's the plant that they shut down. <clears throat> yeah, so now they got that going on. Europe and other producers are stepping up their production to deliver to the U.S., which is um, and Europe. Uh, the European manufacturers are granting unlimited overtime to put in extra shifts. Nestle is trying baby formula is flying baby formula supplies into the U.S. From, uh, where is that, Netherlands and Switzerland? The world's largest packaged food group is moving Gerber baby food formula to the United States. House of Representatives is introducing a 28 million, I don't even understand what this is about, a $28 million bill to address baby formula shortages, making emergency supplemental appropriations to, the, to address the shortage of infant formula in the United States for the fiscal year ending September 30th, 2022. It was a two-page document that I read basically saying, hey, we got $28 million to do something with. Yeah. Yeah, grandstanding. Grandstanding. At the taxpayer's expense. Right. And probably to the highest, not the highest bidder, but to the uh, highest uh, stock, the highest party that will put money into my re-election campaign. Yeah, well, you can. Yeah. Uh, we talked about uh, Twitter on hold. I did personally sell my put that I had today for a nice profit. That worked out nicely. I had a forty dollar put that was of uh, uh, ending Friday. I think I bought it for a buck and a little bit. Sold it for like two sixty today. Nice, two eighty something like that. 
So that was nice. Uh, global economy, we're seeing a general slowdown, just the start of uh, of it in some areas. China, big problems due to the COVID lockdowns. Listen to these numbers. This is really unbelievable. Uh, retail sales in, in April, and this is in China. Retail sales in April sank 11.1% from a year ago earlier. The biggest contraction since March of 2020. Pretty amazing. Dining out services were suspended in some provinces in China. Auto sales in April plunged 47.6% from a year earlier as car makers slashed production and empty showrooms um, and, and had parts shortages, just all sorts of problems. Industrial production fell 2.9% from a year earlier, worse than the 5% gain in March and below the expectations. So a lot of bad things happening there. Can I share with you, though, uh, some of my other points about this trip that were really fascinating to me That that since we're talking about cars? You've rented cars before, yes? I mean, obviously, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. So what do you do? You put an online thing, you make a call, something, you get a reservation at the airport, right? And you show up to the airport, and one of a few things happens. You could be one of those situations where you're, you know in advance you're at slot B3 for a dollar rental car, and you go there, and you keys in it, you just take off with it. You've had those things, right? I love that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then there's other ones where you have to do a quick check-in. At the desk, right? And you get chicken, and they you know try to get you for that confusing fill up before after gas thing. Yeah, right. Which I never can figure out. So I'm just like, I'll fill it up. Um, And then whether you want to buy the insurance, all that other stuff that they get extra points for, right? Well, I get to the Phoenix airport, and I step off the plane, and I go to the rental car place, and I'm going to Dollar Rental Car. And I step onto the rental car area on the Phoenix airport floor on the terminal. And this dollar budget hurts somebody else. And I look, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? I've never seen lines like this before. It's like a Disney ride. I'm like, what is happening? And I'm really not able to, 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 to compute any of this in my head of what's going on right now. Because it seems absurd to me, right? Every, is this the people that want without a reservation? What's happening with this? That I'll go with, and I don't know why it's so long, but I'll go with it. I have a reservation. I should be able to step up, go through the process, get my car, and go. Well, I'm so upset about this thing because I have to get on this line. Everybody says you got to get on this line. I put my son on the line. I'm like, let me go. Let me let me think this through for a second. I turn around, and I see a sixth, you know, those orange, those cars, S-I-X-T-H, I think it is, rental car. And I say, oh. Why is there no line there? I walk up to the guy. I'm like, excuse me. I see there's no line here, but what's going on over there? He goes, oh, oh, oh. That's like that every day. I said, well, how long is the line? You'll probably be on that line for about an hour and a half. And once you get that, you got to go downstairs to the line to get your car, which is another hour and a half. I'm like, I can't do that. I just can't do that. I'm not a line waiter. I said, hey, by the way, you got cars? Yeah, we got cars. (laughs) <laughs> okay. So I said, all right, what can you do? So it turned out that I had a full size for 270 for four days from dollar. I ended up getting uh, a BMW X3 for $400, which is not that much more, I thought. No, not for an X3. And for not waiting for three hours online. Right. Just your time's worth something. Right. So I'm like, okay. And, and, and I still to this day cannot, they gave me my full money back of the other one. I still don't even understand what is going on at that airport that every single car 
place, except for six, it seems. They got their you act together. Put, you put money in advance for the car rental? I've I never did. done that. I did. I've never done that ever in Have my life. Have you rented a car since COVID? No. Yeah, well, times have changed, buddy. Well, I can't change that much. You just walk waltz right up to that other place. Oh, yeah, that one I did, yeah. It was unbelievable. It's unbelievable what's going on with, with the rental cars. Well, what's unbelievable is your story because why doesn't everybody else go to this other sixth, whatever it Correct. is called? Right. And is that the one with the orange and black logo? Orange and black, yeah. Yeah, I've seen them around. Uh, German. Yeah, I'd go, I'd go there in a minute. There's no line. It's crazy. It was unbelievable. It really was unbelievable. So other people weren't as smart. They felt they had to wait, had to wait in the line. <sighs> That'll be the day. All right, what else we got? JetBlue. JetBlue is uh, doing a hostel, hostel uh, takeover, all-cash takeover for Spirit Airlines. And now they're offering 30 bucks versus the 33 bucks they offered before. And Spirit did reject it previously. So I, I, I actually flew Spirit on the way there, JetBlue on the way back. Spirit is obnoxious. I didn't know that they either one of those carriers flew into Phoenix. Yeah, both from Fort Lauderdale. Oh, that's odd. Okay. So I actually, Are I spirits a, bad? Sp I've never flown spirit, spirit ever. Every, everything you do, like, um, uh, I, I said, can I have a, get a, a cup of coffee? 350. <laughs> Seriously. Three, for, for that crappy Crab airplane coffee. coffee? And I didn't know till it was too late that I was being charged. I didn't, it didn't, you know, they gave it to me. Then I took a couple of sips. I go, sir, you know, I need a card to pay for that. I'm like, pay for what? The coffee. I'm like, what do you mean? I don't understand. You know? So JetBlue charges everything. I'm surprised they don't charge you for the air you breathe, to be honest with you. Meanwhile, then I get on JetBlue on the way back, and they're giving me anything I want to eat and drink, whatever it is. They got free Wi-Fi and TV and movies and whatever. It's just the same price. Yeah. No, JetBlue's always had it. Well, the uh, Spirit will probably be upgraded. Spirit charges you $40 for a carry-on above the one personal item that you take. So you can take, like, a briefcase with you. That's not a problem. But... If you take a carry-on, they charge you 50 bucks. But I will tell you, they're really bad. At that, uh, that means that's a good sign because that all that can be improved with JetBlue owning it. I would hope so. I would hope so. Uh, we have embryoflation in South Korea. It seems that few women are having children these days because prices are too high and there's no rush. They want to have their career and the sky-high costs of, of housing and education and it's a real problem, and it's it, 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 so what they're doing is they're freezing their eggs. So now it's popped up an entire embryo freezing industry hmm. in a big way where they're going to have babies much later in life. Kind of interesting. SoftBank, no surprise so, here. So they, wait, so they're planning to have babies after they've already run out of eggs? I so they're like in fifty. I suppose I don't know why they're doing it now, right? Because if they did it, if they're twenty-five, and they did a thirty-something, they're still okay. But maybe they want to get the earliest, youngest eggs. Yeah, and then freeze them, and that's going to improve things. I don't think so. So you could freeze an egg, and it comes back to life when it's defrosted. Yeah. How is that? Well, some some uh, single cells have this ability they don't not to get too damaged when they get frozen. Pretty interesting. I mean, there's all animals that can do that. Right. Huh. Well, they tend to be worms and things like that along that line, but. Wow. Huh. Well, SoftBank, we have no surprise from them. The Japanese uh, giant vision fund posted a $3.5 trillion loss or 
$27.4 billion for its financial year, ending March 31st, the biggest loss since the inception of the fund back in 2017. This is where, remember uh, uh, Mayoshi-san? Okay. Remember him? At which yeah, I know, man. I actually met him and hung out with him when he was, before he was formed SoftBank. Was he a partier? Was he a crazy man? He was pretty, no. He wasn't like a crazy man, but he was, uh, he was lively. I would think he's so. a very nice guy. It just that along the lines, I don't know. He's just got something figured out. Well, he doesn't uh, have it figured out. Let's just get that straight. He got, what he's got figured out is how to line his own pockets. He essentially, let me tell you what it is. Let me, let me, let me. Well, let me it seems that that's enough. You need to figure yeah, it out. But okay. Right. Let me tell you something. I'll tell you what he is. He's the Kathy Wood of Japan. Or maybe Kathy Wood is the Mayoshi son of, of U.S. Same thing. Go to the most aggressive, crazy, out of the ordinary, on a limb, talk it up, be consistent with your... Let me give you a little story. Okay, good. Mayoshi-san, when he was just getting started, uh, he, in his operation, bought a PC magazine. He did? Yeah, he bought PC magazine and Comdex. He owned everything. Wow. And uh, he bought them from Teddy Forrester, I think, who had... uh, And this is a long story about how that happened. But uh, it seems as though Bill Ziff had promised his father never to sell to the Japanese or anything like that because of what happened in World War II. And so he, to fulfill the promise, he had to sell to Teddy Forrester, who then sold to, uh, to Son. Mm. And uh, it was a very sketchy deal because supposedly Forrester made all this money and all the rest. So he comes in to give a speech to the, to the staff uh, in, in the New York office. And he goes on and on about how he's going to start 5,000 new magazines. Wow. And they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And they're going to expand this. And it's going to be all, it's always in the hundreds and hundreds of hundreds and thousands of this and that. And it was like, you walked out of there like, this guy's nuts. Yeah. Right. But you want to believe him because you want to, you want to, you want to. Oh, because we're all going to clean up. We're all going to be rich. Yeah, exactly. That's what they do. They, they, they. Appeal to your greed, these people. You know, whereas Kathy Wood is all about her five-year plan. She's down 70%, but don't worry, just a flesh wound. And somehow she's going to make this incredible comeback, which has to be like 300% to get back to square one, which could happen, 300%. But anything can happen. Yeah, but we're in a much different situation. Anyway, bottom line is they also recorded SoftBank uh, major write-downs on valuations for some of their private equity companies that invest with them. So there's this huge thing. And there's some uh, rumors that Japan had to bail them out of major margin calls. And it could have been them who were getting whacked last week. Remember when I said those things were moving down at an uncontrollable speed that I found very fascinating. Something's wrong with how fast things are moving down. Yeah, you did. So uh, that, that, that all subsided recently subsided. It could have been them or somebody else, plenty of other possibilities of getting margin calls and having to uh, be forcibly closed on their positions at any price. So Mm. uh, Bitcoin real quickly, Bitcoin plunged as low as 25,400 last week. Ether, Ethereum, which is the second biggest digital currency, tanked to as low as 1,704. Both are trading, uh, I think uh, Bitcoin's above 30,000 and Ethereum's above uh, 2,200 right now. Big issue was that USA Terra. Did we talk about the drop of uh, Luna and Terra Last week, 
No, I don't think so. Bottom line, this is supposed to be a stable coin. Let's just take the name itself and you'll understand everything that you need to know about this. It is a stable coin. So what does that mean? It shouldn't have volatility. It pays an interest rate like a bank account. It's a stable coin. It's like a money market, supposedly. It's supposed to be backed by something, which it's not, but okay. Long story short, went from a dollar down to about 10 cents. Some of the big mm. players, like a Mike Novogratz, who is a big uh, crypto bra, the crypto bra dude, you know, uh, who is promoting this, and Raul Paul, Raul, Raul somebody. Uh, all these guys were promoting this, like, hey, this is a great deal. They haven't been talking very much lately. As a matter of fact, Novogratz, since this, this collapse, has not been on Twitter at all. Maybe somebody should check on him. Yeah, he could be dead. Just saying. He had a heart attack. Now, from the from the from the from the vault of why Shake Shack and Not Co. Your favorite. Yep, kicked off. Oh, oh, wait, hold, hold it, hold it. I got a lot of stories. I'm sorry, interjections. Guess where I went finally on my trip to Arizona for a burger. Uh, in and out. Correct. What did I think? First of all, fascinating establishment. Fast moving, exciting, oh, yeah. everything. Yeah. It was cool. Second, yep. the big thing is the double double, which I don't eat cheese, so that was a problem. So I said, "Give me the single." You can get you can get it without cheese. Yeah, so I got a single without the uh, not the double. I got the single and the fries. The fries, eh? eh. The uh, fries are good if you eat them right then. Yeah, otherwise they go to hell real quickly. No, right? they're like a Krispy Kreme donut. Right. The fries have to be right there. Now eat them right away. When I go to, I got to in and out. It's eight minutes up the road. I have to go up there, get some in and outs for everybody. And then I get some fries. I don't get that many because I know that I won't be able to, I have to eat them in the car on the way back. Do you know they have By a the secret? By the time I get to the house, the, the things are horrible. Do you know they have a secret uh, fries on the menu? I think it's called monster fries. I don't know about that. Oh, hey, I found out something. Yeah, if I've like, looked at all their, their different, not you know, on they the have menu. a lot of secret stuff. Yeah, not on the menu. You ask for, I think it's called Monster Fries or Freaky Fries or something fries. Basically, they take some kind of the onions, you know, those onions they have, the 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 crisp, the uh, grilled onions. Yeah. They put that all over the top of the fries and they took all the cheese and then they bake it. Huh. Yep. Next time you I'll go. look into that. Next time you go. I thought it was okay for two and a half bucks for a single burger. Um, it was okay for a foot. What was once upon a time a fifteen cent hamburger? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's okay. I I wasn't like oh my god. Well, I, most people like the In and Out burgers because they're pretty fresh, and you can put all the extra. Like you can have, for example, a little pro tip. You can get extra lettuce, uh-huh. extra tomatoes, uh-huh. extra pickles, uh-huh. extra sauce. No charge. No charge. The secret sauce that is. So you can call it. Extra, you, and it's simple. You simplify it because they have a simple, this is all in that secret menu you're talking about. It's called extra everything. So it's a double, double extra everything. Yeah. And you get, it's a mess. <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah, no. It's about a, about a foot high and it's got goo coming off of it. It's, it's good. I could definitely see this as a late night belly bomber. I have to eat something and it's very satisfying from that. I, I would have to take some lactate pills and all that and really prep myself first. But it definitely looks like one of those v- fabulous, just uh, satisfying, momentarily satisfying burgers. 
Well, we're big fans on the West Coast. Yeah. So now uh, Shake Shack and Note Co. By the way, next on your schedule is Whataburger. Uh, it was there two Whataburgers. I was going to try that. Should have tried that. Uh, although I may have had Whataburger once, but once upon a time. I don't know. And then there's a Fat Burger. That's another one. Mm. Yeah, we have Burger Fi here. We have all hooty tooty ones. You know, charge like six bucks a burger. I need. I, I like. I like my my White Castles. I like White Castles. I like Crystal. Yeah, Crystal was the same thing. They ripped each other off. They're the same thing, except without the holes. Right. So, um, with a mission to reinvent the food industry by creating plant-based replacements for animal products that are so delicious you can taste the difference, they're going to be at Shake Shack creating a plant-based chocolate frozen custard and milkshake. Ew. Ew. That doesn't sound good. No. Oh, I have so much more on here. Let's see. Uh, all right, let's skip down. I got a couple of, you know what? I think we need to get to, we got some limericks, but we'll hold those for next time. Let's get to the game, okay? Sure. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz, a company myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discussed in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. Real quickly, just a quick update. Animal fries. Called Animal Fries. Um, oh, that's funny, because you can buy the burger animal style. Yeah, this is Animal Fries, a mess of French fries, signature sauce, American cheese, and caramelized onions. Wow. Yeah, you may have to get one tonight. Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> they have the burgers, an animal style burger, too, where the burger meat is cooked in mustard. And then they do some other stuff. They add a bunch of crap to it, like the maybe the grilled onions or something. You get this gooey, messy burger that's really quite good, but it's you know only order it once. Yeah. Why don't you take the list? Well, we uh, you know we got a little mixed bag going on here with because the market's so bad. Curiously, the two shorts are up, not by a lot, but they're up. Medtronic's still on there for a couple of years now. It's. Uh, up 37%. The FDC Bank Corp is still of a couple of years. It's been on there, sitting there at a 97% gain. Uh, Kellogg's is still way, way up, been on for a year and it's up 20, 21%. Get to the more recent things. We got some uh, Pro Shares Ultra Short, uh, which was, I, just got, I don't know, you have JCD pick on there. I don't remember. Did where I jump that? in which, on where this? Is that? Where is that? Where is that? It's at the bottom. Yeah, that was the opposite. Oh, that when I chose the bonds and I said bonds are going to level off, yields are going to start coming down a little bit. You said, yeah. "Oh no, I don't think so." And I said, "The way to play it is by this." So if you look at yours, you're up by five sixty. Look at mine; I'm down by two ninety eight. So it's a double yours. So it's about the same. Oh, okay. Well, now you confuse me. I don't know what you're talking about. You're an but inverse. You're an inverse of yields. You're thinking yields are going to go up. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm still thinking that way. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, then we have those things that are up. We got the Hertzfeld Caribbean Basin, which is Cuba, which mm -hmm. is the uh, which is a. It, this is the play that you want to invest in if you want if you're going to believe all these guys that say that Latin America is going to make a move. 
Uh, and a lot of people were saying, well, you know, a good investment is Latin America, which is always every few years. This yeah, that comes up, around. That comes around. I've been to Cuba. Let me tell you something. They need investment. What a crap hole. Well, this well, this not this fund. This doesn't really have much in Cuba. It's got it all over the place. Uh-huh. It's just called Cuba. Uh, it's like you know, one hour cleaners. Uh, got a. <laughs> we got get, Korea Fund, which is in the, which I think is a good. Uh, play but then you know i don't know how much they're hooked to china maybe the china problem is is affecting this is down 4.72 ice shares is up uh, down it's also down 2.8 nvidia is kind of i i like it i like nvidia you bought that yeah low. i shorted it i shorted it i like the stock i would go long it but i'd wait for it to bottom out if it's going to it, right you're, now you're, it's still, you're still up 1.75 percent with it moving up 5.29 percent today that's pretty yeah. good yeah yeah good uh, and Netflix is the other short, which is another one of my shorts. And I just, I just, because I just think it should be shorted. Right. Well, I got one pick today, Peloton Interactive, which is a long shot. Yeah, you're really. Long shot. That's a very interesting idea. Long shot. I mean, it seems to be with all of the intra- infrastructure they have. Uh, putting I, think, aside the I, think, I think this is a good pick. Let's all see what happens. What do you got? I'm not jumping on it, but I think yeah. it's a good, as a speculation, I think this is a good pick because the price is right. Right. And I, it's, it, the company's got good ideas. They're not a bunch of slouches. Right. And I think, yeah, this is a very interesting pick. I what like do, it. What do you got? Nothing. Oh, okay. Well, there you go for that. All right, we'll pick up on some of the things we left off from this week. And hopefully by then I'll still be, you know. Yeah, you won't be, won't be. You won't have the fatigue. That's what happens with this particular uh, ailment. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully I don't have any of that to begin with. It's just a common cold. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I'll okay. See, see you next week. Okay. Bye. bye. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye bye. Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, cause I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the icy stare. Cause I got a dollar. My last dollar bill. Horowitz Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.